Another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. And welcome to it. Yes, it's the Blonde Show. It's the Mel and Jen Show. And in Antibes, all the way over in France, in Europe, we have Jenny Baxter of SA People. And I'm Melody Walker sitting with you in Johannesburg, South Africa, not in America, because, you know, sometimes maps get confused. Jenny, <laughs> she's just looking at me like, what? Hello. <laughs> I, I've been listening to too much, uh, no such thing as a fish. So, of course, you know, apparently that the magnetic North Pole keeps on moving and it's about 25 meters out they can't actually I mean 25 kilometers out 40 kilometers out so nobody knows where it is so people are confused um which makes it even more confusing <laughs> you're for confusing guns. me exactly this is my point you know these people who come um, along and confuse. but we will break everything down in a way that anybody can understand it for you right here on sa people won't we Exactly. I always tell people when they want to know which way to go, I always just say left or right, never north or south or west or east. I just think it's <laughs> really simple. Do you draw maps as well? Because I will sit there and tell them, and then I will also draw the map at the same time. So they, they you know, and then at the end, I'll go, and don't forget, you've got to go robot, left, go three streets, turn right, and get to the top, the stop street, and then you, you <laughs> but I have to give them a map <laughs> because, yeah, otherwise it's a Otherwise they'd be totally lost. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people are getting very lost at the moment um, because I uh, woke up this morning to the news that we have load shedding again here in South Africa. Yay. I know. Until Monday. And I'm thinking, that- why? We, I mean, the coal can't be wet, can it? It's some of the generators that have well, the stopped la- yeah. working. The last time but, but was so- sabotage as well. So, so now what does it mean load shedding too? What does that mean for you sitting in Johannesburg? Well, that you get different. Oh gosh, this is what I'm saying. It's, you can't explain it. The only thing that anybody can do when it comes to load shedding is to go and download Eskomsa Push. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I've always loved that play on words and actually just put in the suburb that you're in. But where we're sitting at the moment in the podcast studio, it isn't actually on any of the particular blocks because, you know, you work in blocks from one to 14, wherever you are in the country. So like I'm on block two and block two and block 14 work on the same thing. So you'll go there and if it's level one, it'll be only those hours or you might not even have load shedding that day. But then on level two, you may have load shedding. They're doing it at the moment instead of one block of four. They're doing two blocks of two hours at a time. So you'll be load shed twice during the day, except, of course, okay, today. And that's only what st- you've got happening. Yeah, but it started at 11, and ours was due to be from 10 until 12.30, but we're only having an hour and a half because it started at 11, so it's 11 to 11, 30, uh, 12.30. Trust me, everybody, even though we've had load shedding for years, and then they went and they changed the block names and numbers. So we used to be 2B, now we're just 2, and then we're 2A, and then it changed. Get ESCOM to push. It's the only way to do it. I mean, it's just <laughs> ludicrous. Um, who knows? I mean, this TIA, as we say, this is Africa. But the whole thing is, is you know what? If you've got load shedding, it forces you not to watch TV, which is not great when you have four teenagers living in them. Well, they're not all teenagers. It's a couple of teenagers and a couple of older ones living in the house. And they depend very much on having so, electrical supplies. So what do they do when they don't have it? I think they just stand and stare at each other. <laughs> I go walking because that's, but they're not walkers. <laughs> Even though their surname, no, their surname isn't. No, their surname isn't, isn't walker. That's why they, they won't go walking. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, I'm, the only other thing I'm waiting for at the moment is like, when are we going to like some countries in the world drop wearing of masks? 
mandatory wearing of masks. It's the only thing which is driving me nuts, mainly because I keep on ending up not being able to breathe properly. And after you'd think after two years it would have been better. It's actually just gotten worse. So And also getting spots at my age. I mean, really, you know, it's just so bad for the complexion, darling. <laughs> it's also not great for the environment. However, I did notice when I had COVID that the one thing they said when I had to tell them who my contacts had been is they did say anybody who was wearing a mask around you is not a contact because they would have been safe. So I do think that, you know, the mask wearing is safe if you're in a dangerous, you know, mm. very close to somebody with it. But, um, yeah, I don't like what it's doing to the environment. I saw South Africa has, has dropped a lot of its regulations. So now even if you test positive Mm. if you've got no symptoms you don't have to isolate which which does seem a little crazy since you're just as contagious but anyway yeah and they say because 60 to 80 percent of south africans are now immune because so many people have had covid Mm. that's why they're able to do it because even if people are contagious they're not really going to give it to many people anymore because everybody's kind of had it so well that's great after our chat last week i mean both one of my my, myself and one of my kids were like really man down and we went for tests and said no it's not covid but i mean i don't know with these rapid tests how accurate they are i'll tell you what it felt like i had covid again that's for sure yeah and lots of people have been getting it again and i must say i tested negative several times before i tested positive mm. so yeah you can't quite trust it well unless it's, you're better now yeah no i'm almost 100 percent. but you know the whole thing is is like unless this thing mutates into something really dangerous i think that the major the major thrust of it is over and we really do need to actually say right enough is enough let's get back to some kind of normality i'm glad that all the school look i mean it didn't affect me last year with my girls because they were in matric but getting all the schools back all of the schools instead of rotational learning so hopefully the kids will be able to actually do well but the matrics i'm still chuffed with them for having done so well across the country after two and it was grade 11 which is the one that really kind of pushed them out even worse than doing yeah. matric year itself so to all of those kids that did so well well done and to all of the kids who well are starting done. university this year as well Congratulations and enjoy it. And I hope you get onto campus. Right. So my exciting thing, and I was just like, even a a friend of mine, I've I've spoken about him here in Portugal. He's just posting all the news about the Blitzbocker because we're so proud of the Blitzbocker. Oh, my goodness. The Sevens Rugby Champs. Once again, absolutely keeping it up and keeping that South African Springbok flag flying. Aren't they fantastic? Yeah, it's the fourth fourth consecutive Rugby Sevens Cup title that they won this weekend. It's the 34th game in a row. Mm. And the only tiny little thing that nobody really wants to mention, but which kind of should be mentioned, is you do know that Fiji and New Zealand are not part of the tournament at the moment because their own COVID rules have kept them out mm. so um, we'd still hammer still, them but still south africa is winning and and that's you know all that counts is who's playing right now if they were there we would still hammer them as well so like you know whatever yeah. whatever oh, yeah yeah <laughs> okay. now um i want to know about this is something you sent me which i haven't even heard about 
What is the alien aircraft crash? Where? where? I didn't know that we had an alien aircraft crashing in, our, in Michalisburg. No, exactly. So this is why this is news for expats, because the expats, newspapers overseas, particularly The Sun, which, of course, is a very famous tabloid in the UK, published a story based on a YouTube video that showed, you know, this guy had got the satellites and everything, and he found near Michalisburg mm-hmm. an alien aircraft that had crashed and, and, and showed it with its kind of eight legs and everything. Um, and of course, you know, the South Africans were able to say, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's actually where the Malapa dig site is. Mm-hmm. And, and Malapa means beetle. And, and so it's an old the, village the, settlement that was built in that, <laughs> that way. Yes, yes. They put like a viewing deck and where you can go down yeah. and, and it's built in the shape of a beetle with eight legs. So it's just a fantastic design feature and it's it's not so just for anybody um overseas who read the story and thought that South Africa had an alien crash there no it's just brilliant design so you've got to love the sun, haven't you? Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, we do have some amazing things here. And we're always talking about horse whispers and dog whispers. And of course, there will have been those wonderful programs on TV across the world. But we, we have a fantastic lion whisperer. And I've been following Kevin Richardson for a while. What has he been up to? Well, you know, he, he, he got his foundation going, um, in 2018 and they are on a, on a desperate bid to stop the wild lions, you know, lions in the wild becoming extinct by 2050. There's been an over 40% decline in, in lions in the wild. He's been doing some incredible work. And right now, a charity that's called Good Good Giving, has teamed up with him with his foundation and it's a it's a competition that you can bid for so you can buy like a hundred tickets five tickets whatever you want there's 14 more days and i just thought for expats it's a fantastic opportunity to win a safari trip from anywhere in the world to south africa and you actually get to meet Kevin Richardson oh. and spend a day with him, with the lions, and and see all the conservation work that he's doing. Fantastic. So, um, and 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 the great thing about the charity doing this is that obviously all the money, you know, all the tickets that you buy, it's going to Kevin Richardson, seventy percent to Kevin Richardson's foundation to help the lions. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so yeah. let's all support that. Maybe if I yes. buy a ticket, I might get to go on a safari. That would be nice. I haven't traveled No, for I years. want to win so that I can fly from here. All right, and then you can take me with you. Yes, yes. Okay, how's that? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> Enter, Jenny. I'll send you some money. Uh, okay, so what news have you had in from expats? Um, well, the exciting news in Variety magazine um, in the US that Tom Cruise is heading to South Africa. He's going to be filming Mission Impossible Possible, 8. Is it 8? Yeah. I wasn't sure which one. Was it 8, 9, 10, 11? What team? Well, I don't know. They, but people, know. people have actually, I saw that you had posted it on Facebook, but that he's coming out to South Africa. And then there was some guy who put there. Oh man, he's too old. He shouldn't be doing this anymore. He should like hang up and become grandpa. So I immediately had to go and put there, excuse me. If I had half a chance, I'd be back in my red jumpsuit hanging out of helicopters. And I'm the same age. And like the amount yeah. of people who have come and said, yeah, absolutely. How, yeah, how ageist sure. is that? I mean, 60 is the new 40 for goodness sake, you know. And, and the thing is, is, I mean, he is filming it now. It'll only come out in two years time. Yeah. But, I mean, Mission Impossible. 
seven. I hope I've got my numbers right. But the but the one before the one he's about to film mm. is only coming out next year. Yeah. And then this one will come out the following year. And um, yeah, three months in Durban, which is great because Durban doesn't often get featured. It's always Cape Town. Mm. So, but he will spend about a week in filming in Cape Town. And, um, and we've got a brilliant interview this week that I really, really, really would encourage every proud South African to, to read. Um, it's an actor, British Libyan actor, Adam Ali, and he just won Best Actor Award at the Red Sea Film Festival. He was in South Africa for the month of October. Mm. And so he's given us an interview about what it's like as a foreign actor to be, to film in South Africa. You you know what it'll be like for Tom Cruise and he said that the crew the South African crew were just amazing they would think about what he needed before he even knew what he needed mm-hmm. and he also said that his his room was just strewn with fizzes he would just spend every evening just chewing on fizzes learning his lines <laughs> So, so he loved South Africa and, you know, Cape Town particularly is making a lot of money from all the, all the films that are being filmed there. I think there's over a thousand applications this, this year. Well, let's hope they come back because I know it's been very, very quiet down in the Cape and so many people just like had absolutely no work for the last two years at all. Well, yesterday Fadaza ha- um, asked the government to please consider dropping the PCR requirement mm. because that's putting a lot of people who come to South Africa to work, it's putting them off. They can go somewhere else where they don't have to keep doing these PCR tests mm. to, to fly, you know, yeah, and quite crazy. a few countries have dropped that. So, yeah, well, let's let's keep our fingers crossed that the government start listening to all of this at some stage yeah. or another. And then I saw we're talking about aeroplanes and flying. Of course, <laughs> somebody really is in a lot of trouble with British Airways. That's for sure. Good <laughs> Lord. I mean, I know I was an air hostess and I remember there was only once that somebody didn't disarm the door before he opened it. And of course, then the, the, the fire escape ramp <laughs> came out. And I mean, that, <laughs> that cost a lot of money. But this one was a whole door being ripped off. I didn't, I, well, how, how did it get ripped? off again I don't remember now so I think what happened is the passengers had disembarked mm-hmm. and now they are meant to pull the plane to its parking place mm-hmm. you know rather than starting it up and, and, and driving it they pull the plane mm-hmm. and so the door had not been locked so therefore when they started pulling it caught and, on the and, side or something yeah, it caught on there and it, and it pulled the whole door off, which is, you know, which is going to cost them millions because now they've not only got to replace that, but it takes months to get your safety, um, yeah. pass again. Oy, 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 oy. Yeah. So that's just some dude in Cape Town at Cape Town airport who just, oops, I forgot to close the door. <laughs> Mum always said you must close it. Yeah. We don't live in a horse. Stable, or what was that saying? <laughs> you weren't born in a stable. <laughs> Your father wasn't a glass maker. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go into my Cockney accent again, but let's not do that. All right, but on to something a little bit more serious. I mean, one of the saddest news, and, I, and this is like, I mean, <sighs> drunk driving in South Africa. And I know we, we chatted last week to Jaw, the cabbage bandit. Yes. And he had posted up yesterday about the drunk drivers and if he was government what he would do to drunk drivers um, all on the back of the fact that yet another cycling hero of South Africa was killed on the roads 
by yeah. a drunk driver who then tried to flee the scene. Um, somebody drunk in a Porsche. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's happened so often. And it's not just in Johannesburg. It's it's like all over. You think about, who was it? Not Barry, was it Barry Stunder down on the coast? Got taken out on the, the N2 going down on the south coast. Uh, it's just open season on cyclists. And as much as I don't like yeah. cyclists, I don't think I'd try and take them up because you don't get any points. No. No, no, no. It's awful. You know, I did a story for the Irish Tatler once about South Africa because it just, you know, that arrogance to actually drive when you're drunk mm. is, you know, there are many people, many other countries I've lived in where it's hardly thought of. Of course, there's always the jerk. Mm. But, you know, people having dinner would never let a drunk driver drive. Mm. It's, you know, friends don't let friends do that. And, and um, yeah, and I think South Africa had like six times higher fatality rate on the road than any other country with with South Africa's kind of roads. Okay, know. but yeah, but a lot of that, don't forget, over 60, somewhere between 60 and 70% of the deaths on our road in South are Africa pedestrians. are pedestrians. Yes. Okay, yes. which is something that everybody thinks, oh, it's just all these drivers. No, it's not. It's usually the pedestrians who cause a lot of the trouble, Yeah. to be honest with you. But I mean, people on bicycles as well, I've had, I mean, my daughter uh, a couple of months ago, just coming back from like going three blocks down the road to on her bicycle to go and get something from the hardware. And a car jumped a stop street and clipped the back of her bike and sent her flying, didn't even stop. Oh, so this so is good. this is the attitude of the people in their their SUVs and their Lani cars. So people just stop it already, okay? We really uh, <laughs> find you and rip off your arm and hit you with a wet end. Anyway, well, so, in England they're going through quite a thing now because they've just changed the rules there to give cyclists more rights on the road. Yeah. So um, yeah, I love cyclists. Well, I you know, Jen, if they start and healthier, <clears throat> if the cyclists on our roads here in Johannesburg actually kept to the rules, then some of us who drive cars might be a little bit more forgiving. Unfortunately, the most of them are A-type personalities who ride like absolute pigs. So I'm not <laughs> going to give way. Sorry. If you follow the rules and you ride in, and you, you, you're driving down the road, a main road, and you have a whole horde of them not and riding abreast. Um, but that's what's now being allowed in London. Yeah, yeah, but you know, on the main roads here in South Africa with all the potholes and everything, not a good idea. And, yeah. and a few friends who've just come up from Cape Town to Johannesburg who haven't been here for a while, they're just going, oh, my gosh, goodbye, Johannesburg. <laughs> they're like looking at the roads and going, no. And a friend of mine's just arrived from England as well, and, and she's just looking at all of this and going, sheesh, this place has gone downhill so badly since I was last here, which was like seven years ago. Let's just hope somebody decides that it's worthwhile saving. Um, but on to good news. One of the stories <laughs> which, which I shared and has had so many likes is that happy hippo. The one the sunbathing. <laughs> just thought that is just one of the the nicest things I have seen in a long while. It's so beautiful. And, you know, the photos are actually from a few years ago, but Jackie Sillier's re-shared re them and sent them to yeah. us because she felt like everybody just needed a pick-me-up, you know. Yeah. And the hippos in the Lower Sabi area and other people have have spotted the same hippo. You know, that's just what he, he likes to do. And it's like if you have cats or dogs, you'll know they all have different personalities. But I cannot tell you how frustrating it is. And, and I think everybody who has a Facebook page goes through this, is the number of people who will look at the picture and comment Mm. without looking at the article. And I just think if you're going to comment on somebody else's post, at least have the decency to read the article first, you know? 
So everybody, not everybody, but some of these people said, oh, the hippo is dead. And it's like, oh, it's not. If you look at the article, you'll see the photos of the hippo yawning. You'll see Jackie saying how, you know, it would do it for a few minutes and then it would roll over with its mate. And then, you know, it just loved lying on its back. A lovely, lazy hippo. I think it's it's all fine. But just if you happen to be out there and you see some hippos, do not go too close to it because they are the biggest killers of people in Africa. Yes, and they run fast. And and, and, they can get up speed, yeah. Um, And also, while you're just saying that, another thing is, if you live or are on holiday in the Western Cape, Mm. also, um, please don't go near the African clawless otters. Yeah. You know those beautiful otters? I mean, there's lovely videos of them. They're so endearing, but um, it's really dangerous to go near them for, for, for your sake and for their sake. And um, a lot of organizations came out yesterday saying, please, can people stop trying to interact with them? Yeah. Yeah. Just look at them from a distance and appreciate them. I mean, because there's just been a lot of sightings. There's a lot of them at the moment. Yep. Now, keep away from wild animals. You don't know where they've been. And then I saw that <laughs> talking about the Cape as well, um, that the Antipolis wreck, first of all, and then the railway line, yeah, which came so up on the, the beach at Fishhook. But I mean, uh, then I saw that some people had said that it was about 12 years ago that they'd actually been doing a beach cleanup and they'd seen the lines there then. But every night they do go and get covered up by sand and then they will, you know, a little bit will blow away or people will come and do a cleanup and suddenly they're rediscovered again. So what was yeah, it, a tram line? Yeah, they had seen them in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah, they're from 1929. Mm-hmm. And most people, including the city of Cape Town itself, the, the authorities, did not know that this line was still there because it was meant to have been removed in 1929 when they took all the sand to to do a landfill somewhere else uh, for the foreshore yeah yeah and um and so we were really lucky because we have a fantastic photographer Nigel Riley he used to be in the navy he he sends us the most beautiful sunrise sunset when Culp Bay has those huge waves you know mm, with the lighthouse mm. spectacular shots he is a great essay people contributor and he was on the beach on Monday morning when the um, municipality workers kind of suddenly chipped into this railway line so he got us the most fantastic photos and that was very exciting yeah yeah and it's just funny that the city doesn't know about it but a whole lot of other people do <laughs> yeah 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 and it was really cute there was one there was one mom who said that her niece she was on the beach with her niece that day the day before and she thinks it's that her niece dug so many holes with a bucket and spade <laughs> but what i want to know is there's so many people who walk up and down the beaches with a metal detector how come they've never come across it before (laughs) ah that's true that was my first thought i don't know no it'll still pick up as metal though that's very very true yeah they should have been zinging all along the line like yeah crazy yeah and like then you would have seen lots of holes being dug anyway so um where were the the dolphins rescued Oh, that was in Lambert's Bay. So there were these, this, this guy, his friend and his girlfriend, and they were walking to, to lunch. They live in, Le- in Lambert's Bay. Uh-huh. And they saw these dolphins and he said to them, he said, you know, it's always been my dream to swim with dolphins and thought nothing of it. They went for lunch and towards the end of lunch, they noticed that the dolphins had actually become beached by mistake. Uh-huh. And so they went there 
And, you know, luckily got there in time because I think the dolphins can only last a, a certain amount of time, obviously, without being, being in fully the in the water. And, um, and they took them, you know, with their hands and sort of carried them out to deeper water. Um, and one of the amazing things he said was there was three of them and he said he could hear the communication between them mm. and how when they took the first two out, those two would not swim further I'm until they the had got one. the third one. Yeah. Yeah, Aww. so really quite beautiful. No, swimming with dolphins really is one of the most delightful things to do, except yeah. being buzzed by a humpback whale, which was pretty interesting. Scary. Uh, and I was on my own. Yeah, no, it wasn't scary. It was amazing. This thing just comes past. However, swimming with sharks, definitely not a thing that I'm happy to do at many stages, although I've done it quite a lot. Yeah. Anyway, it's funny. But, you know, you say uh, that about humpback whales. I, I saw a massive humpback whale in Australia, mm. and I felt exactly that thing. You know, it came out the water and your eyes meet each other. And you just feel the most phenomenal, alive, connected to the universe, bigger than life kind of moment. Mm. And and the, and it's a warm, cozy feeling, not scary at all. Mm. And and it's so funny because you know Emily in Paris, mm. Lily Collins, the yes. main actress. I just read last week an interview with her where she said exactly the same thing about seeing a, a humpback whale and just no, they're how, wonderful. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, no, diving with whale sharks. But, I mean, the humpback whale, I think, for me, was one of the things because it really wasn't something I was expecting. I was about 30 metres down at the wild coast. I was just checking out the, what was happening with the reef. And I literally kind of turned around, and the next <laughs> thing, there's this thing just in front of me. I'm like, whoa, this is so wow. cool. But anyway, wow. when, you, when you turn around and you suddenly have, like, a, a white, great white shark's eye right next to your head, then you're like, you dive to the bottom and lie there because then it can't bite you. Anyway... <laughs> What Gee, thanks for the tip. <laughs> no, get to the bottom so it can't bite you. Okay, don't don't flounder around like a seal. All right. So, um, oh, the Musenberg huts. Because um, I'm now immediately still now I'm now I'm all in this whole diving thing. And one thing everybody's like Ted and I were talking about swimming in cold water, which is something I just don't do anywhere in Cape Town. It's just too cold. But I do appreciate the False Bay. Um, part of Cape Town. So if I ever moved there, it would be to kind of fish hook or somewhere like that. I love Cork Bay. And of course, Musenberg with those wonderful huts, which just yes, are so beautiful. It's so beautiful and so iconic. And they are used around the world to promote South Africa. And if you remember last year, we spoke about Angela Gorman, who's also mm. a, a photographer, a contributor to SA People, and how she just spearheaded this whole campaign, got pick and pay involved, got local people involved to save. Uh, there's over 30 huts and they were just you know, falling into disrepair, uh, very dangerous and, and kind of starting to look very ugly. Mm. And she's been doing all this great work. And now the city of Cape Town has pledged three million rand to finish the project, which is just awesome. So well done to Angela for just, you know, she was just passionately believing in it. And mm. And that's great. I so love it great. when people do things for others without any need for kind of accolades, although they will get them yeah. from us. You know, people like this farm boy, Onke Dude. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell well, the people about it. So amazing. So he came from a little village. His mum died. He he really struggled to mm. with school, but he, but he's pretty sharp, and he and pretty competitive, and he put his mind to it. And anyway, in the end, he got a great matric. He went to Nelson Mandela University. He's now a software engineer doing his masters, 
And at his young age, he is already paying it back. So what he does is he goes to his village every year and he finds at least three, two or three, this year it was three kids that are doing matric. And he helps them and mentors them through it and then helps them get into university because that can be really hard. You know, that, that whole process where, you know, if your parents never went through it or none of your friends went through it, it really helps. And I just think, wow, of all the people to be helping, this is a guy who needs help mm. himself, and yet he's helping them. It's fantastic. So, so I think that everybody. I hope he inspires others. That. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Okay, and on to entertainment. Now I see that <laughs> there are so many divisive views about this. This, um, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> problem is that most people don't realize that it's a parody. It's a spoof. Yeah, I know. We all know it's a spoof, but I mean, even the people who know it know it's a spoof and they're like, no, it's I'm bad. Just, gonna, just don't do it. Just, it's so bad. It's so bad. Some people have said they're really, really scared though, and they can't watch it on their own. But I, I think that Kristen Bell, who stars in it, she kind of said the best comment, which was that just as interesting as watching the show is actually reading the tweets about the show. I, I so. thought it was going to be watching paint dry, but no, reading the <laughs> tweets is a good way to go. Okay. Now, I, I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. And then I saw that some people are saying, oh, I'm loving this. And then I, I think some of our more venerated writers who do write about television here in South Africa have turned around and gone, no. Don't, don't waste just your time. Just don't. Just don't. Um, <laughs> I know, I know you have a thing about real housewives. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it and I think the problem is that everybody hears the word real housewives and they think blah. Actually, these women are not housewives. These women are businesswomen. Like, like the one, the ones in New York and, and mm. uh, Beverly Hills. You know, they are more successful. Most of these women are more successful than their husbands and are, you know, top businesswomen in the world. The mm. best at what they do. Um, this this week we've got a great interview with Jojo Robinson, who's in the new season, season two of the Real Housewives of Durban, mm. which has really been a runaway success. And Jojo, you know, she's covered in tattoos. She's super successful. When people walk into her house, they they think it's her mother's house, mm. and she's like hoping that people will will realize to stop judging a book by its cover kind of thing, you know, or, or just thinking that everybody with tattoos is a certain way. And That's the yeah. story of their life. So you need to read more into those tattoos. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just think that sometimes less is more, but anyway, that's just me. And now I'm like thinking, you know, I had my tattoos like 35 years ago and I'm thinking, I might have it removed because now it has no meaning anymore because everybody has tattoos. And I'm just like, in those days, it was quite a thing to have one. So I want to be different now, so I won't have a tattoo. <laughs> but um, yeah, we also we spoke about Ozark and, of course, the, the latest season of Ozark. Have you been is watching up on, it? I have watched a few. You know, my thing is, is that I liked the first two seasons really much. And I think that they should have stopped at the end of season two and not gone on to do the following seasons because I kind of went, it's, it's good, but it's kind of like labored. And I think that the ending of season two was, was really, really good. And they should have just yeah. left it there. So I, I know a lot of other people who are thinking the same thing as well. You know, one of my favorites is Succession. The, yeah. the script writing, the acting is just phenomenal. And I'm feeling that, that I cannot wait for one 
one more season, but I would like them to end it at the end of season four. Like, like we just need a conclusion. I mm. don't want them to drag it out because it's so good. It needs to end yeah. kind of thing. And then what know? happens with a lot of the seasons as well is that the show becomes about the principal actors instead of being about the story. So I found that with even with, um, oh, what's his uh, Blacklist. There we go. The Blacklist became more about his relationship with his maybe daughter, whereas I enjoyed it right in the beginning because it was all about the finding of the bad people. And then it kind of just yeah. became this thing, you know. Yeah. But I yeah. do like what they did when they went into COVID um, and they couldn't film because they'd already started filming half of it. And then they took it into this kind of like cartoon noir um, oh, like this thing. Yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. quite interesting. That's clever. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of really good television to watch at the moment. Although not today in Johannesburg because it's a beautiful blue sunny day, like not oh, raining snap. for a change. And we beautiful. did go over our, our monthly average from the last 20 years for rain uh, in January. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. But apparently it I hasn't s- been raining in England. So we've stolen all their rain, according to my friends. <laughs> 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 Anywho, I think that we're going to have to wrap it up, unfortunately. But um, there's still so many wonderful stories and, and a lot more than what we've been talking about and more in-depth articles. If any of the stories have caught your fancy, do get along to the sapeople.com page or onto Facebook. And um, if you're going to comment, read the story. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Melanie. See you next week. We'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.